As a species, we cling to the idea of personal perfection. For some, this is achieved through self-improvement and learning. For others, it's about a new haircut or fashionable clothing. But for a few, neither approach is enough, and extreme measures must be taken, whether that means altering or slicing off the parts you don't like. Modern surgical techniques are not always necessary to drastically modify our appearance. Thousands of tribal peoples from around the world alter their bodies with foreign objects for religious and cultural reasons, subjecting themselves to agonizing pain to fulfill traditions or societal expectations. Around 100 years ago, Chinese girls commonly had their feet bound from an early age to stop them from growing, as larger feet were undesirable. This resulted in deformed toes permanently bending underneath the sole of the feet. In remote parts of New Guinea, some women cut off a finger each time a close relative dies, wearing their grief outwardly. In Ethiopia, the Mercy tribe make a hole in the lower lip, placing discs of increasing size inside the wound to show when the women of the tribe have reached sexual maturity. The Bagabo people of the Philippines file their teeth down into razor-sharp points, creating a shark-like grin. And it's not just tribal women who use body modifications. Male headhunters from tribes in the Nagalan region of India pierced their ears, wearing large antelope horns through the wounds. Then they took to the nearby villages to sever the heads of their enemies, adding them to the grotesque collections. From the outside, these practices may seem barbaric and twisted, but for those within the tribes, these body modifications allow them to connect traditions of the past to the present day. A tongue-piercing is more common body modification practiced around the world, but some are taking things to the next level and having their tongues split in two. Dustin Allor was one of the first to experiment with tongue splitting, threading a piece of fishing wire through her tongue piercing. The wire was then wrapped around the front of the tongue and tied to her piercing underneath, the tension slowly cutting through her tongue over time, achieving a forked appearance. This form of tongue splitting or bifurcation is a slow, painful process which can result in gangrenous infection and blood poisoning, so many people turn to surgery. Surgeons use two methods, the scalpel method where an incision is made and the cauterization method in which an argon laser or a cautery pen cut through the tongue while sealing the wound shut with searing heat. This snake-like modification has become increasingly popular as it is reversible, but the reversal process is far more painful. Imagine hanging from the ceiling, and the only thing stopping you from dropping to the ground are several metal hooks inserted into your back, arms, and legs. It may sound like torture, but this is known as body suspension. Once a part of a religious ceremony called Okipa, 
body suspension is now a growing practice among modification enthusiasts and even performing artists. Metal wires or ropes are connected to large hooks shoved through the skin. Then the subject is hoisted up anywhere from a few feet to much higher on a pulley system where they hang or swing. In a piece for the Huffington Post, body suspension enthusiast Lisa Marteau swung from a bridge hanging by her skin as she put it flying over the rushing water below. Many choose body suspension for the adrenaline rush, a mixture of pain and pleasure to push their bodies to its limits. Body suspension is so popular that there is even an international suspension alliance educating people on how to practice safely and avoid infection. Some still argue, however, that there's nothing safe about it whatsoever. With advances in cosmetic surgery, body modification aficionados begun experimenting with the limits of personal identity, altering themselves into post-humans, with many of them resembling human-animal hybrids. Eric Sprague, also known as the Lizard Man, has a full-body tattoo that took hundreds of hours to complete, covering his body in ink reptile scales. But Eric didn't stop there. He had his tongue surgically split in two, his teeth filed to a point, and subdermal implants above his eyes under the skin in order to look like a lizard. Then there was Dennis Avner, affectionately known as Stalking Cat. Dennis had his entire face surgically altered to resemble a tiger, after a shaman told him to follow the ways of the tiger. He had his upper lip split and partially removed, and metal studs placed between his nose and mouth to resemble whiskers. Huge cheek implants, an altered hairline, and a flattened nose created a cat-like shape to his face. To complete the look, he had his teeth filed and replaced with large canines. Sadly, Dennis committed suicide in 2012. Then there is Ted Richards, often referred to as the Parrot Man, for his resemblance to his favorite pet. He had his ears cut off, his face tattooed with feathers and implants under the skin on his head, altering the shape of the skull and giving him talon-esque horns protruding from his skin. There are animal lovers, and then there are those who want to be animals. And with body modification, their unusual dream can become a partial reality. Superheroes have dominated pop culture for several decades, with a plethora of adaptations hitting the big screen every summer. Most people identify with their favorite characters, but one man felt a deeper connection to a villain and took his devotion to new, twisted depths. Henry Damon from Venezuela wanted to look like Captain America's nemesis, the Red Skull. He managed to persuade a surgeon to operate on him, transforming his appearance into something unnerving. His eyeballs were tattooed with black ink, giving them a demonic appearance. The red and black coloring on his face and the silicone injections in his forehead gave him a striking resemblance to the character. Most drastic of all, however, the end of his nose was cut off, so his face resembled a skull, as if the flesh had rotted from the bone. 
Henry says he isn't done yet and will continue to surgically alter himself until he truly looks like the real Red Skull. This ongoing process is common in the body modification community, where the continual search for perfection remains forever unanswered. Beauty comes at a price, and you get what you pay for. In 2005, Regine Rinsing was undergoing a drastic transgender transition. Originally born a male, Regine wanted to express what she felt on the inside. However, all of this came at a major cost. Unable to pay for the expensive cosmetic surgeries, Regine turned to alternative routes in order to look and feel her best. Many women in the trans community encouraged Regine to visit an exclusive black market nurse who had successfully assisted in many beauty procedures around Miami, Florida. Desperate and anxious for fast and inexpensive expensive results, Regie turned to O'Neill Ron Morris, a transgender female who assured Regie that while she wasn't a board-certified plastic surgeon, she had extensive medical training and had qualified experience as a nurse. Regie felt an unspoken bond with O'Neill, believing that the two shared similar transitions and she decided to get the work done. Over the course of three cosmetic sessions, Regie received multiple injections in her jawline, lips, cheeks, breasts, hips, and buttocks. The injections were incredibly painful, and though beauty does come at a price, Regie didn't think it could be such a painful experience. O'Neill promised that everything was going to be okay, reassuring Regie that she had injected her with medical-grade silicone. Everything appeared to look great until Regie began developing a rapid infection on her face nearly a year after her sessions. After visiting doctors, Regie had discovered that the injections inside of her body were not silicone, but instead were a toxic stew of cement and tire sealant. O'Neill Ron Morris was arrested in 2011 after previous patients came forward to police. Regie now faces the consequences and continues to undergo multiple treatments. She will unfortunately never look the same again. Dolls tend to be a morphed idea of the perfect person. Sex dolls included for some. For French model Victoria Wilde, no other type of doll would do for the inspiration behind her transformation, fueled by the idea that anyone would want to be treated like a bimbo doll because it's such a sexy look, she, with the financial help from her modeling career and her supportive boyfriend, has spent over $40,000 to pay for rhinoplasties, permanent lip implants, Botox, and three breast enhancements, leaving her breasts at a whopping size 32G. And because of this, she has come much closer to her dream of looking just like a sex doll. She chalks her reasoning up to an inferiority complex at a young age and claims her boyfriend adores her look and all the attention she receives from it. Nearing 200 cosmetic surgeries, this man will do just about anything to look exactly like his favorite doll. Justin Jadlico was once a normal-looking adolescent. For years, he struggled to maintain his confidence and decided to undergo one rhinoplasty at the age of 17. Not satisfied with the first attempt at having a perfect nose, Justin continued to undergo multiple surgeries that went far beyond altering his nose. Once becoming an adult, Justin made it his life goal to become 100% plastic, giving himself the title of a real-life Ken doll. In just over a decade, Justin has had a staggering number of 191 procedures, totaling over $250,000. Multiple rhinoplasties, brow lifts and shavings, cheek and lip augmentations, as well as tricep, subpectoral, thigh, calf, shoulder, and bicep implants. 
Justin continues to get work done and has starred on several TV shows such as Botched and The Doctors. For some, the pursuit of beauty is worth any cost. Jocelyn Wildenstein grew up in a middle-class family in Switzerland. While in her 30s, she went on to marry Alec N. Wildenstein, an incredibly wealthy man that was tied to a family of renowned art dealers. Infidelity and violence struck the couple after a decade of marriage. Jocelyn and her husband filed for divorce that resulted in Jocelyn receiving $2.5 billion at the end of their marriage in 1997. Jocelyn knew that her former husband adored cats, and because she wanted to please him after their divorce, Jocelyn reportedly spent $4 million on plastic surgery, turning herself into a cat-like woman. Though many see her face as something unnatural, Jocelyn claims to be ecstatic with the results. She has moved on from the scandalous failed marriage and is now dating new people. Risking one's life for a chance at fame is all part of the journey for some people. Myra Hills, also known as B-Shine, is a German adult model who's reported to own the world's largest augmented breasts. Wearing a custom-made 32Z bra, each augmented breast weighs an astounding 20 pounds and are both filled with 10 liters of silicone. Due to the unnatural size of her breasts, Myra has been able to make a living making public appearances, modeling, and filming in the adult entertainment industry. Despite medical professionals encouraging Myra to refrain from going any larger in size, Myra says she plans on going from 10,000 cc's of silicone in her implants to a dangerous 50,000 cc's in the near future. Some people call this woman a living and breathing doll. Valeria Lukyanova is a model from Ukraine that is well known for her unnatural appearance resembling Barbie. With an incredibly small waist and plastic doll-like features, many are skeptical of the model after stating that she's only had one breast augmentation and has naturally accomplished her look by working out and dieting. Pictures of Valeria before her surgery have recently surfaced online, proving her statement to be a lie. Though many like to compare Valeria to Justin Jedlika, the two are reportedly not fond of each other, as both believe that the other is nothing special. Valeria has always focused on her spirituality and in 2014 announced that she would refrain from eating and drinking and instead would focus on receiving her energy from light and air. Going against a doctor's orders can often lead to detrimental consequences. As a young adult, Hong Miyoku took her good looks to the modeling industry and never looked back. With everything going for her, Hong wanted more than what she was prepared for. At the age of 28, Hong moved to Japan and invested in injections that would aid in smoothing her skin, making her appear youthful for years to come. After multiple treatments, doctors refused to treat Hong due to her face swelling from the copious amounts of injections. Upset with doctors' orders, Hong took matters into her own hands and began self-injecting her face with cooking oil that she had bought from the grocery store. Years of abuse to her face resulted in severe swollen and baggy skin around her eyes, cheeks, and jawline. Hong had become unrecognizable to the public and lost her modeling career because of her actions. Now regretting what she's done, Hong has no other option but to turn to professionals in order to fix the damage. She now lives the rest of her life attempting to undo the consequences of her mistakes. Fashion, it's the most important thing in life to some people. 
find out what's in style, and dress accordingly. But it's not always so simple. Sometimes one might risk a great level of comfort. Other times you might have just risked your life. Queen Elizabeth I, that's probably all you need to hear for her famous image to flash into your mind. With her fiery red hair and pale white face adorned with priceless jewelry and impossibly extravagant clothing, she is one of the more notable figures in all of history. She was the Queen of England and Ireland from 1558 to her death in 1603. Elizabeth's reign was known as the Elizabethan era, and it was a time where English drama and adventuring flourished. But among the fashion trends of this era lingered a deadly truth, a truth often overlooked and ignored. The fashion was quite literally to die for. Today, being tan is seen as in style. People will spend countless hours tanning out under the open sun or in tanning booths, both which have been proven to be harmful to our bodies. But like most obsessed with fashion, a little melanoma here and there isn't going to stop anything. Though tanning may be popular now, in the Elizabethan era it wasn't considered attractive at all. There was nothing to be admired about a tanned laborer who spent their day working tirelessly under the hot sun. The true expression of dignity and wealth was to have pale skin. If it's white as snow, you're good to go. Queen Elizabeth herself was the epitome of this trend. Her face always portrayed white as porcelain. Keeping your skin nice and pale doesn't sound too dangerous but it was a lot more complicated than just avoiding direct sunlight. Those of wealth would use a popular high-demand cosmetic referred to as Venetian Ceruse, a powder composed of a little bit of vinegar and a lot of white lead. Ah yes, there'd be no better way to get that pale white complexion everyone was raving about. Back then it seemed like such a terrific idea. Now, with advances in science, we've come to find that lead is poisonous. So it would come as a shock when the Elizabethan elite began to succumb to lead poisoning. All was well at first, as it served the only purpose it was believed to have had. But as time went on, the lead would begin to waste away the wearer's body and mind. Joints and muscles would begin to ache, headaches, memory loss, and mood disorders would set in. The person would begin to drastically change, as the flesh, which they tried so hard to cover, began to corrode away from the extended contact. Those who adorned the Saroos at the height of fashion would crumble a long way down to a road that at times led to death. Fortunately, Saroos did eventually fall out of style. However, it is said to have contributed to the death of Queen Elizabeth herself. When it comes to fashion, women seem to be the ones most associated with it. And while that may be partly true, men have taken their own risks to stay in style. The detachable high collar, the 19th century fashion statement that will get you all choked up. The collar itself was, as the name implies, detachable, and was fastened to the shirt by studs 
This made it so the collar could be starched separately until it was practically as solid and unrelenting as cardboard. Like so many styles, the high collar was no exception to causing pain in exchange for trendiness. The collar was often so tight and stiff that the men who wore it found it a bit harder to swallow or even breathe correctly. That was a problem, especially when going out with friends and having a few drinks required getting dressed in your best. The issue with that was when the men had more than their fill and would begin to fade in and out of consciousness as they dwelled within their drunken stupor. The collars were literally so restrictive that a man's head falling forward from passing out could very well be enough to allow the collar to cut off the man's air and blood supply and kill him right then and there. But it wasn't always that difficult. A number of times, the man didn't need to be drunk at all, depending on a number of factors, such as the size of the man and the tightness of the collar, indigestion and minor neck swelling from a surplus of food could very well choke the man to death, right there while he was still awake and aware. I'm sure by now you understand not to overstart your detachable collars because they just might choke you to death. But that's not all they needed to cause a bit of damage. One man was even reported in the newspaper to have tripped while getting off a streetcar. He got up, dusted himself off, and realized he was bleeding profusely. The two starched corners of his collar had sunk right into his neck, leaving two unsightly gashes. Though not nearly as common anymore, high collars are still worn in some areas of the world. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. There are few fashion trends as extreme as the Chinese practice of foot binding. In 10th and 11th century China, feet as we now know them weren't seen as attractive. While for many people feet aren't attractive anyway, and to others they might be a bit too attractive, China's upper class took into consideration a procedure that would not only make women more desirable, but also cripple them for life. Small, petite feet were all the rave for women of wealth. But those unattractive, normal-sized feet just wouldn't do. They had to be fixed starting at an early age. The process was usually initiated in the winter as the cold would keep the feet more numb and in less crippling pain. Young girls would begin by having their feet soaked in animal blood mixed with herbs in order to soften the foot. The bandages used to bind the foot were prepared the same way. From there, the toenails would be clipped back as far as they could be, and if that wasn't painful enough, the toes were folded beneath the foot and pressed into the sole so hard that the toes were snapped and broken. But the pain wasn't over. On to breaking the arch so that the foot could bend in half, therefore limiting its pesky length. With this being done, the foot would then be tightly wrapped in the bandages to retain its new shape if the girl was lucky. Her feet would achieve a status referred to as the Golden Lotus. This would mean that the girl's feet didn't exceed three inches in length. 
Women with tiny feet were honored by their families, their husbands especially. Women who had undergone the foot binding process were given the finest silks for their feet, and their dainty, wobbly walk was seen as intensely erotic to men. The upper class would rebind their daughter's feet numerous times, attempting to tighten the wraps more and more to make a smaller foot. This would obviously cause immense pain. Certain families, if high enough in the social ranks, would see that the rebinding process occurred once a day. Aside from the unreal pain and lifelong crippling, there were some other downsides to this fashion statement. One might figure that the fact that the folds in the feet couldn't be properly cleaned would be decidedly unattractive, seeing that whenever the bindings were removed from the feet, there would be an overwhelmingly foul odor emanating from them. Ingrown toenails, if the toenails weren't simply ripped off to begin with, would often cause horrible infections. Constricted blood flow to the toes would at times cause them to fall off. This was considered a good thing, as it allowed the feet to be even smaller without so much worry. It was such a good thing, in fact, that sometimes glass shards or pieces of broken tile would be inserted between the toes to deliberately rot them away. This, at times, would lead to septic shock, and the girl would unfortunately meet a premature and horrible death. Many campaigns, and even an emperor himself, tried to outlaw foot binding, but it persisted. It took until the early 20th century for foot binding to fall out of style, and some older women still suffer with their severe disability even today. How far would you go to look good? It goes to show that some in years past, and perhaps even today, would put their life on the line for it. For some people, weight loss is more of a desperate obsession than a healthy goal, and they would go to lengths so extreme you just might lose your appetite. In the 1970s, Dr. Robert Lynn, an osteopath from Pennsylvania, formulated a fasting program for his heavier patients in which they ate nothing except for a protein-rich substance known as prolin. But prolin was anything but mouthwatering or nutritious. Dr. Lin's book, The Last Chance Diet, When Everything Else Has Failed, instructs dieters to eat nothing except for the specially formulated liquid protein, Prolin, which only delivered around 400 calories per day. Consumers forked over $15 for each quart of Prolin, completely unaware of its ingredients. Ground up animal horns, hides, tendons, hooves, bones, and other slaughterhouse byproducts, with a dash of artificial flavors and colorings. But the book sold over 2.5 million copies, earning Lynn $40 million in profit. However, Lynn was the only one who seemed to profit, as 58 reports of death associated with the diet surfaced. Many died from abnormal heart rhythms, and the FDA launched an official investigation and even considered a ban. Luckily, the bad press caused the fad to waste away. When people are looking to drop weight before a high school reunion or an upcoming wedding, quick solutions are desired. Since the 1980s, one diet promises you will drop 10 pounds in one week, simply by consuming large quantities of cabbage soup. 
Two to three meals a day consist of cabbage soup, but fruits, veggies, beef, and tomatoes can also be added later on. Since the soup is low in fat and calories, many people see results simply from the lack of calorie consumption. But the diet isn't a long-term solution for burning away the pounds. Cabbage soup lacks vital nutrients, complex carbohydrates, and proteins. In addition, most of the weight loss from this diet is solely water weight, meaning once the dieter returns to their normal eating, they'll likely gain all the weight back. Aside from the complaints of the bland taste, some dieters have reported a lack of energy, mental fog, feeling weak and lightheaded. Other side effects include possible heartburn, bad breath, and headaches, all for the sake of trying to lose weight fast. An art dealer named Horace Fletcher was known as the Great Masticator in 1903 after he lost 40 pounds under the motto, Nature will castigate those who don't masticate, meaning it benefits one to fully chew their food. His method, known as Fletcherizing, begins with chewing each mouthful of food 32 times, essentially liquefying the solid food before spitting it back out. Fletcher claimed that one absorbs the nutrients from chewing, but takes in none of the bulk of the food, thus maintaining nutritional health and also losing weight. Fletcher also promoted chewing liquids and avoiding food during angry or sad emotional times. He claimed the method would turn a pitiable glutton into an intelligent epicurean. While chewing your food a certain number of times might promote mindful eating, it also could lead to disordered eating behaviors, a lack of nutrients, and a lack of physical health. Fletcher himself died at 69 from bronchitis, likely due to a weakened immune system from essentially starving himself. Though he was a millionaire, money couldn't buy him health or more time. If you aren't awake, you aren't eating is the slogan for the Sleeping Beauty diet, in which one sleeps to lose weight. But you may find that after sleeping most of the day, you won't feel rested or lighter. The claim is that sleeping for days at a time with only the occasional single meal regulates metabolism and boosts weight loss. However, with so few calories, the body actually enters starvation mode, which slows the metabolism. Sedative drugs may be needed in order to induce such long bouts of sleep, medications that can sometimes have addictive qualities. The sleeping beauty diet is both impractical and dangerous. In addition to the lack of nutrition, oversleeping is linked to an increased risk of death, heart disease, and diabetes. Other side effects could include hallucinations, dizziness, impaired speech, mood swings, and headaches. While there have been various rumors that Elvis Presley was associated with this diet, its origins are murky at best. But many believe it was derived from a novel titled Valley of the Dolls, in which one of the characters swears by this method to melt the pounds away. Eating nothing usually falls under the category of an eating disorder, but practitioners of breatharianism believe it is possible to survive by consuming only oxygen and sunlight, all in the name of higher consciousness through meditation. Breatharians believe they can survive alone on prana, the vital life force derived through sunlight. Some advocate the gradual reduction of consumption of food from vegetarianism to veganism to raw foods, liquids, then nothing but breath and sunlight. Though fasting and meditation are known spiritual practices, the Breatharian Institute of America run by Wiley Brooks is where breatharianism began. 
Though, joining the Institute or taking one of Wiley's courses will set you back anywhere from 10 to $25 million. Wiley himself claims to be a practitioner, but occasionally allows himself a cheeseburger and Diet Coke. He reasons that by consuming the junk culture and food he's surrounded by, he is balanced. But balanced or not, at least three people have died from this starvation diet. The dehydration alone can cause a buildup of toxins in the blood, organ failure, seizures, irreversible brain damage, and death. Medical professionals consider this method of losing weight highly dangerous and the product of lethal pseudoscience and nothing more. When British physician Albert T.W. Simeons promoted a human hormone supplement for weight loss known as human chorionic gonadotropin, or HCG for short, many bought into the fad and regretted it. Believers claim injecting or taking HCG through oral drops resets the metabolism and allows the dieter to lose up to one pound per day over the course of eight weeks without any negative side effects. The dieter is also only to take in 500 calories per day in two meals containing a protein, veggie, and bread. At such a caloric deficit, weight loss occurs, but HCG offers no benefits. The hormone appears in women during the early months of a pregnancy, but doctors say there is no evidence that HCG aids weight loss. Not only is it ineffective, but used as a diet supplement, it is illegal, as the FDA has only approved its use in regards to fertility treatment. And the potential side effects might explain why. HCG could cause gynecomastia, the abnormal growth of large breasts in males. In addition to mood alterations, headaches, and high blood pressure, the diet adds fatigue, depression, and risk of blood clots to the list. It's common sense that ingesting non-edible substances is ill-advised and dangerous, which is why the cotton ball diet is so ludicrous. Allegedly originating in the modeling industry, the trend took to YouTube and Facebook, where people ate cotton balls to maintain a thin figure. Allegedly, by soaking five cotton balls in gelatin or orange juice and eating them as an appetite suppressant or as a meal replacement, one feels full without ingesting any calories and gaining the added benefit of fiber. But aside from the fact it deprives the body of any nutrients, it can also be incredibly dangerous. Consuming any object that isn't food can lead to intestinal blockages, and a diet such as this also promotes disordered behavior and an unhealthy relationship with food. Practitioners could be doing irreversible damage to their bodies as blockages can result in dehydration, internal damage, nutritional deficit, nausea, cramps, and diarrhea. In addition, this diet can lead to thinning hair and bleeding gums. Not exactly standards of beauty if you're wanting to be a model. No drugs, no surgery, no hunger. This is what the KE diet promises, with claims you'll lose weight by ingesting the KE diet powder composed of protein, nutrients, fats, and water. The catch is it must be administered through a feeding tube for 10 days. Developed by a doctor in 2011, only one clinic in Florida offers the doctor-affiliated treatment and the KE substance. 
The diet's website boasts that KE provides all the essential nutrients while also quelling the appetite. It promises losing around 20 pounds in 10 days is easy because the body burns fat at an intensified rate due to the feeding tube delivery. During treatment, solid food is not allowed. The tube must remain in place for 23 hours a day and laxatives might be necessary to deal with the post-diet constipation. Doctors say weight loss is bound to happen since the KE substance only administers around 800 calories per day, but the price tag, empty promises, and possible side effects are not worth it. For only $1,500, you could suffer from bad breath, kidney stones, dehydration, dizziness, headaches, and fatigue. Or you could face a lung infection or gastrointestinal bleeding from the feeding tube. And for all your trouble, like most crash diets, you'll likely gain the weight back. The Dream Diet, to be able to consume delicious food without the side effect of actually packing on the pounds. If it sounds too good to be true, that's because it is. But practitioners of the tapeworm diet claim the parasite can help you do just that. Advocates must first ingest a tapeworm, which is normally an unwanted parasite. It attaches itself to the digestive tract and steals food and nutrients from the host while laying its eggs, and it can survive there for up to 20 years. Since importing tapeworms to the U.S. is illegal, some people travel to tapeworm farms in Mexico where they are safely injected with the parasite for the price of $1,500, while others swallow a tapeworm pill. For all the trouble, the tapeworm allegedly helps hosts lose one to two pounds per week. Dr. Michael Mosley, who purposefully infected himself with a tapeworm to test the diet, actually found he was hungrier and gained weight during his experiment. But this is a parasite you don't want to mess around with. Tapeworms can find their way to other parts of the body, including the brain, which can be fatal. In addition, the tapeworm can cause abdominal pain, weakness, headaches, nausea, and diarrhea. And for most of us, many many nightmares. In 1959, historians were shocked to find six mummified Buddhist monks in the Yamagata prefecture of Japan. Humidity and mummification generally don't mix, so naturally, scientists wanted to know the process, but were horrified to learn the monks had mummified themselves. The Shingon monks of Japan believe Soku Shinbutsu, or self-mummification, led to a higher, enlightened state and earned the monk over a million years in one of the Buddhist heavens. But reaching eternal life wasn't a painless task and involved a toxic diet. Over 3,000 days, monks consumed only nuts and fruits, then only pine needles and bark. They eventually stopped drinking liquids entirely, slowly dehydrating themselves. However, the liquids they did indulge in were poisonous. They drank tea made from an urushi tree, the sap from which is most often used in lacquer varnish, and water from the sacred spring of Udono Mountain, which contained deadly concentrations of arsenic. Both the toxic substances stayed in the body post-mortem, making the remains distasteful to any insects. When the monk was near death, he sealed himself in a tomb. There, the monk would meditate, ringing a bell daily to let those on the outside know he was still alive. When the bell stopped ringing, the tomb was shut. If the monk successfully completed the self-mummification process, his remains were taken to the temple, and he was revered as a living Buddha. Though many hundreds of monks attempted self-mummification, to date only 16 to 24 mummified bodies 
have been uncovered. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Seriously Strange podcast so you don't miss what we've got in store for you. Watch the shadows and stay alive out there. Thanks to all of you for your support. The Seriously Strange podcast is made possible due in part to contributions made by our listeners like you. So if you would like to keep the Seriously Strange podcast online and accessible, please consider pressing the link that says support the show in the description of any podcast episode. You can then choose your preferred way to donate and send a contribution our way because we can't do this without our listeners support. If you decide to contribute, it's tremendously appreciated and we thank you so much. We read every single message included with each contribution, so feel free to include your comments or even make a request for a future topic. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot more in store for you. Take care and enjoy your next episode.